Witness to what, Liam? What did you see down there? Why, the little people. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversations about still life. And um, just check your house for uh, traps, like homemade traps, like forks sticking out of cushions and broken glass. Uh, and also just make sure you always have a camera nearby or a sketch pad to take likenesses down in case you get attacked by the Kirikoi. I would just say check your potted plants as well. It's true. Check all of them. Like I just, like I just, you talked last week about how like you would take, take a stick and try to draw their figure, like their shape in the ground. And just like, I want this, I want an update of this where someone falls down and they think they knock over a win, loser draw game. And then like the, like the little (laughs) tiny pad of paper falls out and they take like the golf pencil and they're trying to draw it. And the thing is like, like the, the Kirikoi is like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is. And like, you're pointing at it and pointing at them, trying to get them to say it out loud to acknowledge it. Anyway, it's like, Oh no, it's me. And then they just like, out, right. (laughs) And then somewhere, somewhere was in the corner with like one of those like little, um, that little uh, hourglass, that little minute glass and turning over. It's like, Terry, you got 10 seconds. Come on. You can just make them, make them understand. Anyway. Um, I hope they, they would recognize themselves as stick figures because otherwise you're doomed, man. I can't, I can't drop a shit. Oh, what of, what of my uh, teachers, um, I found out like when I was in elementary school, he told, he told the story about how, um, part of one of his classes, uh, he had taken our class in college and he was supposed to do, cause he took like a children's literature class because be, being a primary school teacher, like elementary school teacher. And part of it was you had to make your own book. And he said that he couldn't draw with a lick, so he made a children's book called Attack of the Stick People. And so he's like, oh, yeah, because at the end, they all like, you know, they all got in their spaceship and flew away and throwing sticks at each other. And I'm like, that's really funny that his children's book was called Attack of the Stick People. I'm like, you know, good on you, recognizing your lane of um, what you can and can't do, you know, so... That's the computer yeah, there, but I always I will never forget that story. There's like a similar story to that with uh, the guy who created uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Like he wasn't able to draw certain things, so he just made those uh, like weird creatures in that. Same thing with Dr. Seuss. He's like, I can't draw real people. I'm going to draw these people, you know? So that's what everybody, you know, uh, if you, people are always like, I can't draw. I'm like, yeah, you can. Just maybe, maybe not like, you know, the same way a lot of people do, but you can make something happen and you might make money doing it. So everybody go out there and find your own attack of the stick people and, you know, see what happens. Right. And then I want a cut of it because I inspired you. Give me 10%. That's a good call. I, I, I you know. <laughs> This is part of the pyramid scheme. That, yeah, we right. Everybody. Like, yeah, that's I'm going to I'm going to like that. So um, we've been doing like the long con of a uh, episode by episode watch of the Twilight Zone. Right. To get people to inspire them to make children's books that I can get part you know, creative rights. That's been the one that's like, whenever I pitched this to my wife years ago, I'm like, I have an idea, honey, (laughs) you know, um, which is, you know, and then it's not paid off yet, but here's hoping. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, you know, we're not, we're not going to be cult leaders or anything. (laughs) No, that's way too much work. I just know I'm, I'm a very lazy person. That wouldn't know. So yeah, anyway, everybody, (laughs) welcome to strange highways in which we ask you to give us 10% of whatever you create now. Like that, no, uh, this is a Twilight Zone podcast. Uh, we do watch other anthology based stories. We went through the original series, which we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Cause, um, this segment we're talking about harkens back to <clears throat> a particular episode of the original series of the Twilight Zone. We've covered both seasons of the Paramount plus produced, uh, Jordan Peele executive produced series. And now we're into the 80 series and we're into uh, season one, episode 14, segment B, the little people of Kalani woods. Um, yeah. So, um, 
let's just get into who did what. Cause I know last week we talked about uh Dan date and uh, was it a uh, cinema fantastic magazine. We had a fun talk about that, but it's still the same date. So I didn't find anything else new for the date. So everybody I know, I know you're sad, but don't worry. We're going to have to talk about this thing. So Terry. Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. I hope you're pumped, folks. Uh, sure. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Keep yep. it up with us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, to our director and writing credits are all one J.D. Fiegelson. Yeah. Fiegel- yeah, Fiegelson. Uh, we have talked about this uh, this gentleman before um, during The Burning Man more recently. So if you wanted to get a little bit more in-depth about his career, I would say go back to that discussion unless you want to bring something else up. No, no, that's, um, that this is the, the second of the two things we'll get from him. So, um, you know, the burning man, I know you and I both liked it a great deal. Well, we liked it. We, there's a lot there to talk about and chew on. And, uh, and then there's, there's this thing, which I have some trivia about this. We'll get to later that I think is going to tell some truths about the segment, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. So, and then into our cast we go. So Hamilton camp, he plays Liam in this. Uh, lots of TV work and, and a bunch of voice work as well. Uh, th- that's what I wanted to kind of focus on here. This is what I knew more about his career than any of his acting credits. But uh, he did a lot of voice work for the Smurfs, like over 200 episodes of the Smurfs. Uh, DuckTales, which was big for me when I was growing up. And then I'm sure this was something that you watched, but the cartoon for The Tick. Yeah, and like yeah, he was uh, the big thing. He was the voice of Fenton Crackshell, aka Gizma Duck, in um, uh, Ducktales, and then he was also in Darkwing Duck. Um, and then he took over for the voice of Merlin, which was from the Sword in the Stone, uh, after the the person that did the voice of, of Merlin uh, passed away. And then um, yeah, he was the voice of Greedy Smurf and Harmony Smurf, like you mentioned. Uh, and then also uh, he was in he did the voice of the robot L. In Star Crash, which is that, that that's a hell of a that's a hell of a movie. It's um it's a low budget ripoff of Star Wars, but Al the Robot, if I recall, uh, has a very like um, southern like boy howdy type of like it's he's he's a he's a robot, but he is a southerner. Like it it gets weird. That movie's a lot of fun. This sounds vaguely familiar. I'm gonna have to look this up. The uh, the robot with the, the with that kind of voice. I have to look that into that. Yeah. Uh, was that an eighties thing then? No, that like, star crash was well, like, like late seventies, early eighties. It was definitely chasing star Wars. Um, let me has a, a young David Hasselhoff in it. Uh, who else is in this? Uh, is from 78. Um, has, uh, what was it? Um, Christopher Plummer's in it for a minute. Uh, and he, he always, when people would bring it up to him, he's like, I had a wonderful vacation in Rome while shooting this basically being like, I got paid to be on set and they're filming in Rome. Cause this is an Italian production. He's like, he never said a negative thing about it. Basically he's like, I got a vacation to be in this really like low budget star Wars ripoff. If you could only find that kind of uh, positivity in all actors, I, I swear to God, uh, it's, it would be nice because it, it, there's so often that you, um, you, you find these instances where, uh, in interviews and that are like, Oh, it was garbage. Or like, you have know, like a uh, actor, like, t- uh, who's a Tom Moran who like completely shit on Halloween. And I will never get his autograph because of that. But yeah. So <laughs> if you can only have that positive, no, it's just like him and like, you know, like Christopher Lee and everybody else is like, yeah, we know, we know exactly what we signed up for. It's a paycheck, but if I could have a wonderful time in the area in which it's being filmed, I'll take that paycheck and say, thank you. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So Star Crash is a lot of fun. Um, riff, not Rift Track, sorry. Um, Mystery Science Theater, uh, the new iteration of it. Like, So I know there's been like three generations of uh, Mystery Science Theater. Uh, they covered it in like their Netflix run that they did. Uh, I'd recommend the, I'd recommend watching the film just by itself because it's, it's ridiculous enough that you don't need to add a commentary, but the commentary is a lot of fun too. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to look into that now. But uh, next year we have Michael Ballridge. Uh, he plays Mike. Uh, we talked about him. Uh, oh, we will be talking about him again in uh, season two of this '80s run. So we'll uh, we'll get back to that uh, soon enough. But he was also in the Melting Man or the Incredible Melting Man. I'm sorry, 
and the entity. So two horror film credits for him. He also played uh, in Iron Eagle. Yeah, and he was in the, the miniseries V, uh, and Scarface. For whatever reason, look on that guy. The, the, his look, um, I. I don't, I don't think you're a big Jim Carrey fan, right? I think we've talked about this offline because I know there's some, some of that type of humor isn't really your um, bag. Am I correct about that? I, I do like Jim Carrey, but it's it's definitely in dosages of what he has put out so, as his you know career. In Dumb and Dumber, where like there's the one mob guy that's like like that ends up following them around, and they end up having him eat like all the hot peppers or whatever. Yeah. The sp- like I thought this was the same guy. <laughs> like they look a lot alike, but it's not. Uh, but I was really hoping it would be the guy that um, that they pranked him by making him eat all the hot stuff, and then they, they hit his heart medication as a joke, and then he died. You know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, it kind of looks like him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was I'm, like, this I'm is the guy that took a bunch of like ketchup and mustard and tried to down it to like cut cut the acidity of whatever he's eating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, so so Michael Aldridge not in Dumb and Dumber, so that's the one credit I can say. <laughs> right. So then next here we have James Scully, uh, Scully. I think it's probably Scully. Um, so he plays Kelly. Uh, five credits. I didn't really know the other four. Yeah. So that's it. But um, and then next here is Tim Donahue, plays Eddie. Uh, this was the only acting credit I could find. And then Anthony Palmer, he plays McGinty. Uh, shows like Mash and Chips, he appeared in. And then uh, Hal Handor. Handor, Handon, uh, I, think, I think it's Hal. Sorry. I think it's Hal Landon Jr. I think is what I Hal Landon yeah. Jr. Yeah, sorry about that. Odell, he plays. He was in Eraserhead, and then all three of the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like you know, of the trilogy. He plays the father of, I think it's Ted, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and then next here we have uh, Pat Crawford Brown. She plays Mrs. Uh, fin- Finnegan. She was in. Um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Demonic Toys, because it's not often that we see any acting credits for that, and then Sister Act One and Two, and I'm and that's uh, I don't know if you had any other credits, but yeah, I do. I have a couple credits because she's very recognizable. Uh, she started acting in '85, so this was her second credit. And um, per listening to the commentary track for this, uh, which you know, Terry, you need to understand that I had uh, to watch the little people of Kalani woods three times. So, uh, so listening about like her casting, they had somebody else that was supposed to play the part and then she dropped out day of while filming. And so the agent's like, I got somebody. And like, so she showed up like, like sight unseen unknown, but yeah, like I know her from parks and rec. She was in, it's always sunny arrested development and Lizzie McGuire. So there we go. There's another Lizzie McGuire connection, which is not something I wanted to make like a big corkboard for, but you know, here we are. (laughs) The credit I did, I did recognize her from something. And as soon as I was reading through her IMDB, I realized what it was. She worked at the diner in one of the scenes of, uh, uh, Oh my God. Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> That's a very small, stupid scene, but somehow it's like, I know that lady. No, she, ha- she has like, she is the definition of a character actor, right? Like she has a look, she has charm. Um, and even the people on the commentary track are like, if she had any more screen time, she probably would have stole the whole segment. <laughs> like, I'm like, fair enough. Cause she's like the one person to stand up to Mike and kind of give him some shit. Right. So, um, but yeah, it was great. It was great to see her. I wrote her, my, my, I, either I mistyped this or whatever. Instead of, uh, Pat Crawford Brown, I wrote it as part Crawford Brown, which no one like, you know, kind of makes sense. She, she is part, you know, she's part of this and she's a character actor. So good on you part Carford, Crawford Brown. Anyway, that's all she, I I'm yeah. just going to put it out there. She is my favorite of this cast and I, I will get into why in a moment, but yeah. yeah, that's the cast for what I have, unless you had any others. No, that's it. So, um, all right. So let me, let me start this off with asking you, um, cause I don't know if we've had this conversation on the show or in general. Um, are you, are you a big St. Patrick's day guy? I, I, I kind of like gotten a little bit more accustomed to enjoying it. But when I was younger and before I married my partly Irish wife, uh, no, I never really celebrated it. <laughs> okay. But now is it like something that is kind of a bigger deal? Like, was it a bigger deal in um, her I household? consider it a bigger deal, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a time to share with some of my friends and that, and we get into 
our own little antics with it, but it's not, I, I don't treat it like quite a bit of other people do. Like I don't do the bar scene so much as far as celebrating for that. I'll go to the bar, but just not on St. Patrick's day anymore. And, <laughs> and I don't do the parades and I just don't have green coming out of my ass. Like, like people <laughs> well, I mean, feel like they have I, to. I, that sounds like a problem if that's the case, but you know, that's a, you know, the kegs and eggs, who knows? Day, I guess. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> No, it's like for me, it's like I've I've never been a big St. Patrick's Day guy either because like one, I know it, it means something different internationally. It does here in America. And and here's my hot take. Um, like it's, everybody's like, yeah, you know what? I'm a little, bit, I'm a little bit Irish. Like, are you like, okay, great. Like, like that, this is the one day that you give yourself like freedom to be an absolute idiot. Like how respectful is that? Uh, like, would that be of your heritage if that was the case? That's, I don't know, like maybe, maybe I'm seeing that wrong, but it's very frustrating to me. I also don't really celebrate Cinco de Mayo either, but you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know there, if I'm going to go out and uh, get some core beef sandwiches for us to enjoy while we're watching, I, I, I don't know, like something like a uh, leprechaun for the hundredth time or <laughs> you know, something like that. Just the, the, the historical, the historical documentary leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it, Cause you know, why not? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I just, it, I don't go outside of the rails too much more, uh, you know, otherwise for St. Patrick's day and the celebrations there, there, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice to go to, I mean, like where I live here in the Cleveland area, there's a few Irish pubs in that, but the idea is it's like, it's an Irish pub, the other 364 days a year too. So it's like, <laughs> I don't need one day to kind of, <laughs> I, I think so you and like, I, I think you and I are aligned where it's like, Oh, like, you, you know, you're an adult. You can be an absolute asshole and drink any day. Um, that's your right. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's going to last long for you, but you can do it, you know, but yeah, it's like, we're waking up early to drink. I'm like, you know, a lot of us do that, but we don't call it a holiday. You know, we just, call it a problem. <laughs> we, <yeah. laughs> oh, oh, like what, what, Hey Paul, what holiday are you celebrating day? I'm like, I don't know, Monday. Like what? I don't know. Like what is it? Whatever. What, what is it? <laughs> the 6th of December? Hooray. You know, anyway. So, uh, with that being said, I just want to get your, your kind of your temperature on it. Cause I'm not a big, you know, just, I've, I've never been, but once I, when I first moved to Cleveland in 2000, uh, my roommate at the time took me to a Irish bar for St. Patrick's day. And I, and it was the most like deafening, um, cause everybody was singing all these songs that I didn't understand any of the words to, or it was in Gaelic, which I find fair enough. And then like, all it was, was Guinness, which Guinness is okay, but it's like, it's, it's like, Oh, you want, you, you wanted to go out and, and just eat. It's like, well, what if I just kept giving you like thick soup all night? Like how much thick soup are you going to want after a while? You know, like you can't go pounding Guinnesses and think that you're going to live for very long, you know? So it was a very frustrating that, evening. I would say that if there was anybody who has never really experienced something like that for St. Patrick's Day, go out and try it out once and then just get it out of your system. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you gotta get, that, yeah. You got to get inoculated once, right? You're going to be like, Oh, I got to get out here and be like, Oh, Oh, good. Good. I never have to do that again. <laughs> you know, like. yeah, so, so, yeah, and I, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the idea of that is completely, uh, uh, shot down most for a lot of people actually because of, um, you know, COVID and everything. But in the same, in the same regard, I think that the, the day that really it kind of lost its luster for me is when we went to a, a, a local Irish bar that we, we frequent throughout the rest of the year. And we would have expected it to be kind of like the place that was maintained or whatever. But uh, yeah, so uh, while we're in there, my wife is waiting for the bathroom. And this dude just whips it out and just starts peeing on the wall near the bathroom. And it just starts splattering all over my wife. And she just comes up to me. She's like, yeah, we're going to go now. I'm like, okay, I don't need an explanation. Let's just go. And then she told me later, I was like, well, Son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, you're like that's not the luck of the Irish. What is going? That's not what you want. Ugh! <laughs> it starts yeah. on a wall. Oh man! Yep, that's that. So St. Patrick's Day has not quite been the same ever since that moment. <laughs> well, and, fair uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. 
that that's fair. I mean, like, yeah, like my wife will make like, um, like corned beef, like, um, like, or like she'll make like a crock pot of it and everything. It's good. You know, like I, I don't mind that. And then, but you mentioned like getting some corned beef sandwiches. I mean, that seems to be like a Cleveland thing. I mean, not that like corned beef is like, not that Cleveland has it cornered, but you know, I, I do like a good corned beef sandwich, but yeah. Anyway, I just like, again, just want to get your temperature. We've been kind of talking about some holidays recently. This one, this one isn't a St. Patrick's Day episode, but it might as well be, you know? I just, I don't know. Anyway, because honestly, between you, me, and the trees uh, of Kalani Woods here, Terry, I don't know how much I have to say about this segment. So I wanted to at least uh, try to get a little bit of meat on the bones here. So, um, yeah, anyway. So where, where are we with the little people of Kalani Woods? How do we get into this? Okay. I, I think we can probably get through this pretty quick. Uh, as you said, there isn't, there isn't a whole lot here. And even what is here is I, I, it's just not fun. I don't know. I yeah. didn't have fun with this episode. I'm going to put it right out there. I know I can reserve my feelings until the end. Usually I hated this episode. <laughs> Absolutely despised I, it. I feel bad because we pulled the ripcord on, but can't she type? And I'm like, I had no idea what was coming. Like, Dude, I feel is, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm but, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, listener, if you enjoyed this, if this is something that you really, uh, you know, clung to as far as the, the eighties series, this is trash to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like how you apologize uh, and then you double down on being like, you know, this, you know what, if you guys like this, okay, I understand, but you're wrong on so many levels. No, I, <laughs> I also put at the end for me, it was trash for me. Like I, this is something that as, uh, somebody who is, very forgiving, especially of uh, what we've seen here in the '80s mm-hmm. version of the Twilight Zone. This is I cannot forgive this. Whatsoever. Oh, I have some trivia um, for you. That's like I said, I keep teasing you, and it's going to make a lot of sense when I get to get there. I do want to point out though that this starts off at a bar called Kelly's. I'm like, what an original bar name for a town in Ireland. That's right. you know, that's good. You know, and, uh, it, and yeah. the period of time is probably what, like you would say, like the '30s. I don't know. I think, I mean, like it's hard, it's hard to gauge, but like there's a car out front. Like it looks like a car. Not, it's not a third. It's, it's, um, like, like it's a, I don't know the model, but it's not like a thirties automobile. It's a little older than that. Um, so it isn't, it isn't modern day or it could be, you know, cause I know some people, you know, like maybe some of these smaller villages in the eighties, like whatever, maybe they still like their little cars or whatever. I don't know. Cause you know, like um, cars are, sometimes like uh, some, some of the UK stuff is a little like different looking in terms of vehicles. I don't know, but right. well, yeah, nonetheless, um, we I, get, yeah. I'd, uh, I would say easily get, like it's, it's, it's in the, it's the mid, mid 20th century. I'd say somewhere in there. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, the, we, uh, we get Kelly's bar and we get, you know, there's, it's, you know, kind of a full house, a bunch of the patrons are there and uh, we get Liam and he comes in and he's, He's flustered. He goes up to the bartender and he says, oh, I need a shot of whiskey now. And the bartender tells him like, hey, man, you haven't even paid up. He's like, but I have something to tell you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I need I need the drink right now. But apparently this guy is kind of a hustler. Uh, we learned he's, he's a moocher and he always has a, yeah. he always has a reason for why he needs something. But, you know. It's just, you get, you, you know, these people from small towns that it's like, they start talking to you. Like, you're going to want something, right? You know, like it's yeah, the he's kind of living you know. on borrowed time and, uh, and very, uh, the town's good graces, right? Like when it yeah, was, yeah, that, that would be a good way to put it. When the town they, was a little better off, which we like, there's a brief bit of dialogue mentioning that like, this is some hard times they could probably tolerate, um, Liam's actions a little bit more because, you know, he's one of their own. You got to watch out for your fellow man. But yeah, he comes running in and, and he wants his drink. And he's, he's saying that like part of his, like whatever, something like there, there's that, like that, um, that grifter thing of like, Oh, this part of my throat is so dry. And what it's just like, whatever. And also credit to you for trying a little bit of an Irish accent. Cause if I do that, this, the show, it's like, it will have to be burned and never be spoken of again. So I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to try, but some of these accents, these, these American actors do who it is, um, not great. Um, I, yeah, yeah, just imagine everybody talking like Lucky from Lucky Charms. <laughs> and just that's what you could pretty much do. You're like, hey, hey, do you have an Irish accent? Yeah. Do you have a real one? No. 
(laughs) (laughs) I got this dime store version of an Irish accent, uh, but we're going to beat it to death. So I don't don't know if if I've told this story on the show before or not. Um, We had a couple Irish exchange students at my college and, uh, so of course, you know, they have this like accent. One was from Northern Ireland. One was, like one was from Southern Ireland. So they didn't see eye to eye on certain things. There's a whole story there. Right. But anyway, uh, the one guy, his name, his name was JP, uh, um, and he, uh, John Paul and, and people are just asking like, this, these asinine questions about, uh, about Ireland. And I will never forget. He had one of the greatest comments ever. Cause this was around the time the movie Titanic had come out. And one of, one of my friends who was an idiot and didn't think about what he was asking was like, well, he's like, was Titanic as big in Ireland as it was here? Mike's question was about like success, but John Paul bless his heart took him literally. He's like, no, it was about the same size and just (laughs) shut him down. And it was just one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. It was a great response. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it just like a lot of the tropes, a lot of the – I mean, we even saw something similar to this, like kind of the uh, the accent being over, over inflated and how it's done. Um, during – what was what's it called? The Dummy, the episode with uh, the guy from Superman, the oh, – I forget the newspaper editor that's oh, in it. Oh, uh, Perry White, right? Got, yeah. Yeah, and he's in – He's doing the Irish accent in that, and he's like, well, I'm going to make us some potato soup. And yeah. it's like, oh, I can, come, yeah. cut it out, guys. I was also but, thinking of that. What was it? Um, oh, what was the one we just saw for this season that was um, a message from charity or for charity where it's like, I get it. You guys are supposed to be like a little olden times. Just calm down. Just, just calm down. You know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so we get Liam uh, unraveling this, uh, this tale of how he was in the forest. And he came across some little people that he call he calls them, and that they were all they were no higher than three feet tall. And that's when we get our 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 uh, other character. Was it Mike? Mike. Yeah. yeah, Mike is just stewing, sitting there watching this kind of kind of unfold. And uh, he's had enough. He gets up and he says, "Yeah, I knock it off." He grabs him. He starts shaking him around like we don't want any more of your crap. You know, like this town is on hard times, like you were saying. Uh, we don't need any more of your your junk here, Liam. Like we know that you were uh, you're trying to scam something else here. Yeah. And, and for and, the uh, briefest of moments, we're on Mike's side, but that soon fades away. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Liam's like, no, trust me, blah blah blah. And it, it, that's when they keep they haul him out of the bar. They're like, we've had enough. Get him out of here. And uh, we notice that. Uh, Liam has to make a stop that night still. And he goes over to uh, a, like a hardware gen- store. Yeah, General Goods. It's across the street. Um, you know, whatever, right? Cause that, but Mike is following him at this point. Now. Yeah, because Mike, well, because when Liam's kicked out, like uh, somebody comes out and tries to help him up and, and, you know, basically be like, you know, you know, like basically like, like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm telling the truth. And, and so <clears throat> that's when we get to the commercial break. And then we find out it's like, it's like a couple hours later, like the pub is closing. And that's when we see Liam leave the, 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 you know, general store or whatever it is with a box of things. And that's when Mike's like, well, what's he doing? Mike is, Mike is the, probably he's the largest Karen we're ever going to see, you know, like he's just, it's, it's none of his business, but he makes it his business. But- Right, yeah, and it's especially to the point where it's like now he's got to watch where Liam is going, uh, and I, I don't know. He has some sort of vendetta against uh, Liam. Yeah, he's a bully. So, you know, it's all he's yeah, just a bully. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, so he goes to the hardware store and he's he's out of there pretty quick. And Mike goes over and he asks the the hardware store owner like, "Hey, what was he doing in there? You know, he owes he owes everybody a lot of money. What is he doing in here? You're." You're open late, aren't you? And that's when uh, the hardware store owner says, uh, well, I mean, he needed some stuff and he did pay for it. He's like, how could he pay for anything? He doesn't have a dime to his name. And that's when the owner pulls out this rectangular. No, it's, a, it's uh, triangular. Of, it looks like triangular. it looks like I'm a sorry, gold Dorito piece of gold. It's a gold Dorito. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so, it's it's the coolest of ranches. I don't know what that means, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so he, he has this piece of gold or whatever. And that's when Mike's interest is even perked a little bit more. It's like, well, where, what the hell, where, how is he hold, or why is he holding out on everybody? 
So he tracks him down even further to where uh, Liam is supposed to live. Yeah, his boarding and, house or whatever, right? Yeah. Right. And he talks to uh, the lady in charge there, which was uh, played by Matt Crawford Brown, or Pat Crawford Brown, uh, Mrs. Finnegan. And she says, no, he's gone. He packed up all of his stuff. He's out for, for good now. He paid his debt in full. And it, and it said that he had to tend to some business. So he's gathered all these supplies. He's on his way out. Well, he paid, he paid her as well with gold, with another Dorito. And right. that, that's when Mike's like, wait a second, like he's, he's packing. Right. And so that's whenever, and, and if um, Liam's on his way out and like, you know, beaten feet, but he's like full of gold Doritos, like I have to go get him. And that's when he starts chasing him down in the woods. He could, it's like, and he's like, you he's like, well, why are you like, where are you going? He's like, well, I'm leaving. He's like, you can't say good. You need to say goodbye to your friends. And I like that. Mike has like this, like large, like piece of like wood, like, like um, a branch as like his deterrent, like I'm, I'm going to beat you with this tree branch. If you don't give me what I want, I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's going to go well. Here, here's the stick of, of, uh, of destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Mike is pissed and rightfully so. If he, if he expects that Liam has come into a bunch of money and he hasn't paid back all of his debts to everybody else, then What's the deal? Like, why, you know, what? Why can't he get paid too? So I understand some of his anger here, but that's when he talks to Liam and says, "Hey, like, you, what you you owe a lot of people here. You owe me." So he gives him. Liam gives Mike a little bit of the gold. He says, "There, like, that's what you need. That's what you'll get." And I'm I'm done. And that's when Mike says. Well, no, it's not. That's not enough. You have more to pay now. Like I want everything. Yeah, I want it all. Liam also points out he's like, you know, this isn't mine to give, and he's like, basically, he makes the the ad, like the statement of like, the little people gave this to me, and you know that they can they can take it away. So he's basically giving a warning of like, okay, I'll give you this, but you don't know what you're asking for, type of thing. Yeah, right? and so, I I have yeah. a mission here. I'm supposed to be helping them. Yeah, you're impeding on that, so I got to get out of here. So that's when uh, he pulls a fast one on Mike. Uh, I think he hits him or whatever. He swings, whatever. It, he like swings he, his supplies at away. him. Yeah, and then I just want to point out that as, as Liam's running through the woods, uh, the way Mike runs is the way I run. Like this, like, you know, it, it looks like, you know, a hobbled Sasquatch just trying to make his way through life. Like, it's bad. Like, his, his running is really, really funny. Like, I don't know. Like, I'd say people watch this, but I also say maybe don't. But... You know, well, he's probably got gout in both of his feet. So, <laughs> Terry, Terry, I feel attacked. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. he spends a lot. It's from what I'm, I'm seeing and what we're really led to believe here is a, he spends a lot of time at the bar. So, <laughs> just eating, eating, eating just a, a bunch of, of meat. And that's it. That's all. Uh, to quote, what was it Kyle Kinane, uh, the comedian, talking about when he found out he had gout? He's like, yeah. He's like. I've been having a lot of things from fast food restaurants with the, the name rodeo. He's like, rodeo is not a flavor. You know? <laughs> like, so I think, uh, I think Mike's been having a lot of rodeo flavored uh, items. Uh, so gout's probably not too far out. Yeah, for real. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so we, Liam is gone, but he's trying to track him down. And we finally see that he, he came through a clearing over a little hill here. And there's some, it's lit in that area, like uh, on the outside of that, uh, that clearing. And when Mike goes up and looks through to this, uh, what he sees is what the light is emanating from is a spaceship. It's, it's a spaceship. It's It's not just a spaceship. Terry, can we just take a moment to explain to everybody that this is one of the most goddamn dumbest things I've ever seen committed to film? It's, it, 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 it's it is, terrible. It's terrible. It is. It is a spaceship, but it looks like a mushroom. Um, because Liam <laughs> was also explaining that that these little people were underneath a giant mushroom that's all technicolored or whatever, yeah. and it's and they're they're hard at work on the mushroom thing. I'm like, <laughs> what? But then then when Mike looks, you see this large mushroom that's also a spaceship, but then you see the little people and they're literal little people. There's like three. Yeah. 
three little in people are like real life terms, little people. So th- there's like five actors portrayed by little people. Yeah. And um, they're all wearing and green. It's like, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's something about it. just feels like offensive to me. Like, I just, I just <laughs> yeah, it did. This has not aged well, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. then that's when we look over to the right hand side of the spaceship and there's Liam dancing a jig. And like laughing, he's like, "Boy, oh, you thought I was a lion, didn't ya?" Yeah, like, but, but to so be fair, funny. though, he, you know, that's his moment to be like shoving in his face, be like, "I was right," you know. So I, I will, I will give him that. It's just that this is the worst Boston Boston album cover I've ever seen. Uh, in terms <laughs> of like, it's just you know, like considering that you know. <laughs> You know, Boston, as we know, has does have like a strong Irish connection. Like, wouldn't <laughs> this has been like, yep, all right, here's your Boston album. Just no, please stop this. It is, it is just, just terrible. Like, it, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's bad. And so then Mike, you know, freaks out, understandably so, because he's like, this is this is the the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He doesn't say that. He runs back to the pub. That is magically open again. I thought it was closed. I don't know. And he immediately demands a drink. So we get the we get the mirroring of the earlier part of the story. He's like, I have I have a tale to tell you guys. He's like, Liam was right. There are little people in Kalani Woods. There is. It's they're not they're not leprechauns, but they're little green men from Mars, and it's a spaceship. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. And he's like, I can prove it. And he brings out his gold, his Dorito, and um. He puts it on the counter and it's no longer gold. It's lead. And then everyone's like, you're an idiot. And so he's now, he's now the town laughing stock. And then, then that's, and at the end we, we see the spaceship fly off. And then Charles Aidman, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that, um, he is literally insane with his, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really beginning to doubt. I understand he's just an actor reading these lines, but I would just want to believe that like, that it's just, I, I just think that everybody's like, Charles, are you okay? And he's like, he just says this stuff. You're like, Oh, you're having one. You're having a senior day. Aren't you? Okay. Well, we got to get this done. Cause his, his comment, like whoever writes his intros and outros for these episodes, it, it's just insane. It's just insane. I know that they're, they're trying to be poetic and have some kind of like real meaning within this poetic uh, outros and intros in it, kind of like what Rod Serling would do in the original series. I don't get that whatsoever. No, this, I just get they're, confused. They're, they're missing. Like, it's almost like you, you'd almost been like the time to be like, Hey, Hey Matheson, can we just pay you like 15 bucks an episode? Just to write some di- like uh Serling dialogue, please. Like, can we right. just like, you know, cause they're missing the mark, like a heavy. And this whole thing was like, Oh, you know, this, this flying spaceship's going to go, uh, somewhere else. And like, the, like this whole thing about like the only, the only thing that that distant planet and the earth has in common is a bunch of shamrocks. It's like, wait, what just Liam was, he just stuffing his pockets full of like dirt and grass. I don't know. It just, anyway, it's, it's supposed it's to be like, like to, to build to the stereotype, like, Oh, yeah. Irish people, shamrocks. It's like <laughs> knock it off. Yeah. It's like, just like, just Oh yeah. It's just like, Oh, somewhere in a distant planet. There is, you know, purple horseshoes and red balloons and everyone doesn't know, you know, like, (laughs) you know, I just, I don't know. It's just, this is kind of, it's a, it's, it's a lighthearted, like folklore. It has a little bit of a sci-fi twist. I get what they're going for, but my God, none of it worked for me. Just, it, it just, like I started watching this. I'm just like, Oh, here comes the music. Here comes this. I'm like, like I'm like, this is 15 minutes, uh, that, Oh, by the way, 45 minutes. I'll never get back. Um, cause you know, we always try to watch this blind, right? No expectations, watch it and then watch it again for notes. But then I also had the added joy of listening to the commentary track from like three of the people involved with this, including the writer and director, uh, the one producer, and I forget the other person involved. So I'm just like, great. This is great. Thank you. Thank you for this. It was very I will add that the music was was pissing me off the entire time too. <laughs> so like I just didn't yeah. I did not enjoy anything about this. So, other than our yeah. other than Pat Crawford Brown, she's the one that didn't lean so hard into the the Irish accent. Like she had 
what her version of an Irish accent was. Yeah, it was, it was a light touch. Everybody else yeah. is like a caricature of a, of an Irishman. You yeah. Know? What's his name? Irish? Oh, Irishman? Okay, yeah. No, it's like, it almost feels like a Conan O'Brien sketch, like of like how much it leans into it. But I guess the original script was written with a lot more of a brogue to it. So they told the actors to dial it back a little bit. I'm like, well, if that's dialed back a little bit, what the hell is it? Like this script would have been like just unintelligible, but, but anyway, so let me give you a little bit of trivia here, unless you have other notes about this, because I don't think you do meaning, meaning. No, I, I think yeah. you probably have all the ones that I would have taken anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what, okay. So one positive I'll say to this, just because of the turnaround time on this episode where, where they shot this at. So it was like Van Nuys, California, the, the physical location where they shot this at was usually used as a back lot as a Mexican village for like Westerns. And so the set designer actually was like, I can turn this into an Irish like town. So credit to that. It actually does look like it in terms of the way they shot and everything. So that credit where credit's due. And then the lighting of the stupid spaceship, how they did the lighting on set so they can do the matching of making it look like the lighting's coming from the spaceship. That works just as a technical thing. So credit there too. I'll, I'll give them all that. Um, here's the two bits of trivia that will explain this whole thing to you, Terry. So one, JD Feigelson wrote the story, short story and teleplay, um, which was like influenced by a movie that, that's not important. Uh, uh, the story editors like the script because he originally pitched this. I think we talked about this during the burning man. He had um, another anthology show that was supposed to be like on CBS or NBC that didn't go anywhere like, like dark horizons or something. I forget what it was called, but anyway, he'd written that for that originally but then whenever he pitched the, the Twilight Zone, they're like, nah, we're good. Um, but the network rejected it. Good call. Saying that it was too ethnic and whimsical. I don't know about the ethnic part. <laughs> that, feels like, that feels like a note you get in 85 that you cannot say that anymore. But whimsical, I can understand. With the show suffered from a shortage of completed scripts later in the season, the story editors made a renewed push to get the little people Clint Woods produced and the network relented. The only reason this ever got put to film is because they ran out of finished scripts. Does that kind of make sense now? I make it makes complete sense to me. I just I, I'm thinking to myself that while they have everything kind of planned out, that no one ever wanted to throw it away. They just kept it in their back pocket, being like, "I know it's going to happen. I know, guys. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. In the next board meeting, we're going to get this one off the ground." That implies there's a lot of passion that does, it's not earned. But the, the three people during the commentary were like, yeah, this, like one of them even said, like, they're like, this is one of, like, I think it was uh, Phil DeGuerre was like, this is one of my proudest moments of the series. I'm like, you know, Phil DeGuerre, you seem like an amical person uh, to get this, to get the show revived and everything. And you seem to be like a lot more open to other people bringing stories. But I don't know if you're the right person to be the executive producer on the series. But anyway, so here, here is the dagger. Um, and I know Terry, you may not be familiar with this episode, but, um, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee, uh, they, the part of the trivia was like, this, this mirrors that episode in a lot of ways, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee from season three of the original Twilight Zone is one of my most despised moments in the series. And I've watched this the entire time. Like I'm getting some of these Hocus Pocus and Frisbee vibes. My God, like, it's like, I didn't need, I didn't need an update of that goddamn episode, but here we are. That's what happened. So the, the thing that would not die and that should not exist is there for 15 minutes for people to watch. Just, just wait, Paul, we'll probably see a remake of it again in the nineties version of the twilight zone. Yeah. When, we, when we finally get yeah. to that too. And like we're going to get to the CW years. one. It's going to be like, there's going to be a three episode stretch of where they really dig deep into a uh, hocus pocus and frisbee and the little people of Kalini woods. I just, yeah. Um, none of this worked for me. I'm not doubting the commitment, uh, to the people involved. I also understand there's a lot of pressure to get the shot like fast, like, that, like all that I understand. And there are some smart decisions in terms of like how they got it done. Can respect that but I will put everything at the, at the feet of uh, JD Feigelson that somehow he was like, yeah, this was just a fun little story. I'm like, was it, what was, was it really like the other thing that you adapted was a Ray Bradbury story. And like, 
And then someone, one of the, during the commentary, someone was like, yeah, this is like uh, Ray Bradbury, like, uh, you know, kind of via like, you know, Irish folklore. And, and then Feigelson's like, yeah, Bradbury liked this too. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Bradbury was also okay with the world's saddest T-Rex getting shot. Uh, and an episode <laughs> of the Ray Bradbury theater. So I don't know if he understood exactly what was the most, um, you know, appropriate for television, you know? So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, there's not much more I can say. I would say that the, if anything, those notes, uh, that the producers gave <laughs> about like what they thought of the original script and everything. I bet, I think they probably had some more harsh things to say about it, <laughs> just, but they just, <laughs> they had, this was like the PG version of what they could say. And most like, I, I guess, um, I, I like the idea that they get this, like this 15 page script and then they take a red, like they take their red marker, like to say, no, no. And it's like, someone comes back. It's like, this is soaking full of red ink. They're like, yeah, we have problems. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and then why does it smell like urine? Too? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, listen, one of our script producers read this and he actually had to go outside a bathroom near it. <laughs> and let it he had notes and they were near the bathroom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much Ugh. at a bar in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't, I don't have anything else to say. Okay. And it, this was a complete mess for me. I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to God that the, 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 the last segment in this episode is much better, um, but it's also not a high bar. So. <laughs> That's fair. Well, cause okay. So, all right. So we'll get to the twist in a second. Um, still life was fun. It was, it, it just, it was there, right? So in terms no, of I'm like just this, saying to pick it back up. From yeah, yeah, like, that's fair. You know, this is the low point. Yeah, and so yeah, let, let, all right. So what we're talking about what we're doing next. Let's just we got to rate that twist. Uh, twist rating is always is one through five. One meaning we saw from a mile away, and five being like, oh no, this was mind blowing. Um, the the episode title was called "The Little People of Clady Woods" and it was taking place in Ireland, and uh, we knew that it was dealing with little people, and so you could. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two because we knew there's gonna be little people involved, but I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a five in terms of I didn't expect to see the dumbest thing I'd ever seen in an episode of the Twilight Zone. Um yeah, I think that's probably the best way to treat this. It's two because you know, you can kind of see where it was where the lanes were, you know, like yeah. what was what it was trying to achieve. And then the rug being pulled out from under us. Uh, I know these are different analogies, but like, and then they give us the stinger of it being it's aliens. Like, okay, yeah, you got me. But it also was like, not, it wasn't earned. No, not at all. <laughs> so not at all. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, the little people of Kalani Woods. Uh, before we talk about what we're doing next, uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways uh, uh, Podcast. Uh, we're always posting uh, images. And you got, you know what? You'll be like, how dumb can that be? You will see eventually how dumb it will be. Like, normally I'd always say everybody should watch along with us. You guys can, a lot of these 80s segments are available if you just do a Google search because it seems like nobody cares to uh, protect the series and I'm starting to figure out why <laughs> I, have my, I have my suspicions, Terry. I'm starting to wonder like, why didn't they do like a, like restored Blu-ray version of this? I'm like, Oh, okay. Anyway, um, you know, there, there are golden Hills, right? There's some Dorito shaped gold out there. Right. But it, you know, it's been a little few and far between so far. We'll, we'll see where we end up at, but you guys could also uh, email us directly at, um, strange highways, uh, podcast, gmail.com, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. I understand that we're a little harsh on this episode. Um, but you know what? Like if we go in with rose colored glasses every single time, I don't think that's fair to ourselves. I don't think it's fair to the listeners, right? If no, we do yeah, yeah. I, and there's definitely times that we haven't aligned on our opinions about the episodes that we've watched and that, but you know, that's, that's the fun of this. Uh, I, I'm, we're on this journey together, uh, along with you listener. Um, if this is your first time coming in and checking us out, uh, we are, we are positive uh, for, for <laughs> more, good episodes. more often <laughs> than not, we are positive. That's fair. And I will always appreciate, uh, the conversation that I have with Terry, because no matter how much we may not like, the segment or episode that we get into, I know we're always going to have a fun conversation and I hope you guys enjoy yeah, that as and well. Shed light where, 
and shed light where maybe we didn't know about certain things. Uh, and that's that, that's the beauty of discussion, uh, and that's what we 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 cherish the most about this uh, this podcast. Yeah, and so Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we are on Instagram, folks. Uh, so come on, check us out over there. I know some people have uh, jumped ship on a lot of different social media platforms. Come on over there and check us out. Uh, we're having some fun over there. Uh, the more, the merrier. And uh, you know that that whole rating system that you guys uh, find on your podcast servers and that. We'd love for you to you know say good things about us. But if you don't have anything to say good, <laughs> then you know criticize us. I mean. We're not batting a thousand here either. So, yeah, just let us know what you feel about our discussions, about the episodes themselves, and then uh, give us a rating. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, again, you know, en- engage, right? Because that's the only way that even even if you have I'm, – I'm not, I'm not saying – like, even if you have negative things, it's like we, we are at the mercy of, of you and the algorithm out there, right? So – yeah, but if you enjoy the conversation, let other people know. Uh, the more, the merrier. Because I know if you, if you do like podcasts, which clearly you do, because you're listening to us, or or if you're self loathing, and I don't know, I don't know about that, but um, I know people have like you know probably a top three or four that they rotate through and listen to. And so yeah, let other people know. So we'd appreciate that. So um, let's just talk about what we're getting into uh, next year. That's that. I was going to do the twist again. That's not the right button. Here's the right button. And now, Mr. Serling. All right. So, uh, next segment, it is Season 1, Episode 14, Segment C, The Misfortune Cookie. So, Terry, I will let you know that I believe I saw this one as a kid, and it messed with me. And I'm sure that whatever apprehension I have about this segment is probably, like, unfounded. But it, like, if this is the one that I think it is, it bothered me. So here's hope that it gets weird and um, and terrible. I think I think we deserve a little bit of a little bit of a swerve after the things we've been through. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've already seen uh, some of our cast, and uh, there's some interesting people that we're going to be able to have a discussion about. Yeah, so that's going to do it for us this week uh, with the little people, Clanny Woods, uh, that mushroom in the sky, wherever it goes. Uh, I don't I don't know. I'm like. Sure. Maybe, maybe it goes to that galaxy that got blown up with like, you know, all the people from the star. I don't know. Anyway, who cares? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, if, if you see something like that in the woods, I, I'm not saying maybe keep it to yourself, but I don't know if running to the bar is probably the best place to start that conversation. Yeah, watch out for those uh, magic mushrooms. They got gold, lots of it. And I got a pace as evidence! <laughs> gold is it? Look again, Mulvaney. This ain't nothing but a piece of 